Hey guys, this is Turner. You've been hearing us talk about Kahi Roasting Company for a while. They're an amazing, small, Christian-owned family coffee roasting business, and they have approached All Out War, and they have given us an amazing opportunity that we never expected in a million years. And this is what they've offered to us. If you love coffee and you love this podcast and you want to help support the work of this podcast, we don't have a Patreon. We don't make money off of ads or anything like that. But what we do have is this unique partnership with Kahi Roasting Company. And what you want to do is go to kahiroastingco.com, click on the support all out war, order your coffee. They'll ship it right to your house in a few days. And 10% of that sale will go back to all out war. Now, look, we're not planning on making a bunch of money off this, but what it does help us do is support the work of what we're doing. It helps pay for our hosting fees and new equipment and things like that. So if you like All Out War and you love coffee, go check out KahiRoastingCompany.com and order yourself some coffee today. And as I always say, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey. And Rachel. What's up, Rachel? <laughs> hey. Good to be here. <laughs> well, I am so glad that you guys are here with us, and we're so glad that you are listening to our podcast today. Mm-hmm. Wherever you're listening from, in the gym, in your car, in your bed, whatever, whatever you're doing, we hope that it is good for you today. We have an amazing podcast, um, I think. Hopefully. And yeah, and um, we're going to jump into that in just a second. But Rosie, what do you know, man? Hey, did you know that beavers are fish? <laughs> I, wait, no, they're mammals. Not according to the Catholic Church. Oh. <laughs> oh, the old trustworthy Catholic Church. So here's the thing. They're well, big on science, I heard. Yeah. Well, yeah. so anyways, <laughs> here's a couple. So during Lent, yeah. if you remember, you can eat they beaver. abstain from they only eat, That's why they always eat fish because it's not meat. And <laughs> so they can eat beaver on Lent. Yes. So according, <laughs> listen to this. All right. According to Corinthians, quote, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another f- flesh of fishes and another of birds. Hmm. Therefore, fish flesh is considered separate from other flesh and therefore is not on the banned list for Lent, right? What about birds? What I'm, it, I'm not a Catholic, so I don't know what they can Well, yeah, because they have to abstain from meat. Oh, so chicken would not work. Right. Gotcha. So official. So here is a couple of animals that are you can eat during Lent. <laughs> uh, a capybara. Capybara? That guy? The thing from Australia? Yeah. So you can eat that. It's during... like a giant rodent. It is. It's literally a rodent. It's yep. huge, though. It's like that's that's probably like like a hundred pounds. Yeah. So you it... would think that would be like endangered or something. I mean, that's, <laughs> look at how I've cute, seen one in real life. Cute dude. that thing is. Yeah, it's like it's literally like the size of a dog, and it's um. Oh, you can can't... you see that, Rachel? No, you can't see that. This is a podcast. Yeah, she, she can see the. Oh, okay. It's like a big porcupine looking thing, but it's like. 100 pounds yeah i've seen one in real life they have they cross the streets all slow and stuff really yeah dude i would that thing looks cool though okay here's another one alligator <laughs> you can eat alligator hey man gator nuggets are good yep gator um, it said uh yeah bishop of new orleans said uh alligator is considered the fish fan fish animal okay even though it's a reptile yep and beaver beaver is also one and muskrat <laughs> 
<laughs> and puffin. The puffin fish? You can't eat the puffin those. Bird? Yeah. The, oh, the bird, the one with the orange beak? Yeah. <laughs> so you can eat, what? you can eat that. But aren't they endangered? Yeah. I think they are literally endangered. They probably all probably. are. Right. What about turtle? I have all these questions now. What about platypus? What about turtle? <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. If beaver's good. Platypus should be right up there yeah. with it. And uh, well, this is the last one that I have on this article: a skunk-headed coot. <laughs> it's that bird. <laughs> oh, it's a bird. Yeah. Can't even, can't even tell. Let me look at it. Hold on. Oh, okay. oh it's kind of like a weird-looking duck. Yeah. Like a duck goose thing, but black. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you so can eat all that you stuff can on eat all that. Or you could just fast. <laughs> well, I mean... Or go vegan. Yeah. So, anyways, there you, you go. Can you eat eggs on Lent? I think so. I don't know. But that's chicken. But it's not technically chicken. But it's a... Yeah. It's not well, a meat yet. Technically, come on. It's not meat yet. <laughs> it's protein for Excuse sure. me. <laughs> you want to start applying this argument to other, I know, other right? things too? That was, that was exactly what crossed nope, my mind. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> They're separate things. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, let's uh, sit back, grab a Kahi coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Yes, you are. All right, man. I like to wait till that bass drop line comes in. That's good. Hey, uh, all right. So on this episode of the podcast, uh, from the title that you probably know a little bit about what's going to happen. Um, before we jump into it, though, it's been an absolutely crazy... In fact, 2020, for if you have a podcast that is like ours, that like like has a focus on sort of the truther stuff and conspiracies and all of that you're just in heaven you know like this has been amazing year for podcasters and youtubers that are yeah you don't even have to make up stuff this year <laughs> you, you don't you're not searching for anything all you have to do is open the newspaper um you know the fake news but um this has been a crazy week and one of the things that you know Rosie when you and I started this podcast we said one of the things that we wanted to avoid was doing like current events, like every yeah. like what happened this week or whatever happened, because we wanted to create um, a library of content that you could access years from now and it would still be relevant for you. So that's why we've done series on like secret societies and you know um, UFOs and all the stuff and, that's in the past. Yeah, all the stuff in our past in our past. Well, yeah, library. other than like the Brave New World, everything. I think everything we talked about is in the past. Yeah, mostly. mostly. Yeah, yeah, mostly. Yeah, with the Salem witch trials yeah. and things like that. So we've we've our library has been more of like resource. We, we're kind of creating a resource for people that might be waking up or whatever you want to call it. Just you know, for that purpose and also leaving a trail of stuff of reasons <laughs> why we can never run for office. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I don't want to run for office. I would never. <laughs> yeah, but. Me if I ever did, there's a catalog of oh, stuff that <laughs> CNN just, would yeah. go nuts with yeah, you. Anyways. Yeah. He's yeah. So, uh, anyways, so because that was kind of our, our original setup and design for the podcast, we we've avoided just, you know, news and current events and stuff. But, but sometimes the news is so big that 
you kind of have to address it. And I said that about COVID when it happened. You know, we had Dr. Lou Wing on mm-hmm. about the COVID stuff, and um, and yesterday was a was a really big or, or this week, yeah, yeah, this week was a big event, and with um, Justice uh, Ginsburg died, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and yeah. uh, she passed away. And um, I still maintain that she passed away. A month ago, <laughs> years a, a year ago, a year probably. ago, really? Yeah, whenever she got sick the first time and disappeared. Yeah, but they they did show her in public like once or twice. Yeah, using photos of old photos. Did, they, old did photos. she speak? That's my question. Did she ever speak when she was seen publicly? She always looked asleep no. to me. That's the thing. Yeah, and they they weekend, were always weekend like, at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Weekend at <laughs> Ginsburg's. No, for, that's so wrong. Actually. Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah. the, I saw memes where it's literally that weekend at Ginsburg. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That should be a memer. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, at least the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. So I'm convinced that they, uh, we, yeah, yeah, she's been gone for a while. Yeah. Well, so that happened, Anyways, yeah. and you know, we got it. We, I, I just wanted to talk for a minute about that, and it actually does play into what our podcast is going to be about today a little bit in the sense that we're going to be talking about something that's been happening for the last couple months and a really I mean it happened years ago like I can remember we're gonna we're gonna have a focus on Black Lives Matter the movement um, a little bit um, but I can remember back in 2016 2015 you know hearing things about them and they were just like a they were kind of like Occupy you know Wall Street type that's how I like yeah I just didn't give them any credit like yeah, oh, well they, they came up after Michael Brown Right. So, yeah. Okay. 2015-ish. Yeah. So, but but anyways, this whole situation with this vacancy in the Supreme Court mm-hmm. is a big deal. Um, and it's going to be, you know, the... Particular, and it, I think that if people don't understand maybe why a vacancy is so important, like a vacancy is a big deal, but this vacancy in particular... Yeah. So like... Heaven for you know it wouldn't be such a big deal if like Gore like if it was this same time and like Gorsuch stepped down like someone that's a conservative like this is the re- like it's even a bigger reason because it's her right and she's super liberal yeah at, to say very well it's least. gonna yeah so one of the effects that it's gonna have is not, it's gonna have a third Supreme Court justice pick for from President Trump yeah. more than likely if he if he decides to fill it, which he he's will. already tweeted out that he's going to fill it, which would be the smartest thing he ever did. Yeah. Um, because once you get the court pushed into a direction, it's going to stay that way for a very long time, typically. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it could affect the next, you know, 25, 30 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, foreseeably uh, to, into a more conservative side of ruling. Mm-hmm. And so everybody that's on our side, which everyone that listens to our podcast regularly knows that we are extremely pro-life. You know, we had all those baby episode updates, remember the baby updates? I remember those. And uh, that was just to bring awareness of that it's still a baby. It's a baby in every phase. And so we're radically pro-life in that way. And this could be, you know, (laughs) it could mean that a justice could be replaced for her that is going to be conservative and willing to overturn that law for Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. And um, I mm-hmm. think there's an, is there, isn't there another one connected to it? It's like um, Roe, Roe v. Wade and Doe, there's a, another one, um, Doe, Doe v. something. I can't remember it, yeah. But, um, and it's a similar situation. Yeah. But, um, and so that's why, that's why it's huge. And so 
from a perspective of left and right, it, the left is losing their mind yeah. because they already feel the reality of that that Biden's not going to win the election um, fairly. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. Yeah. And I was trying to talk to someone about this, and they just they weren't they don't they don't like Trump, but they don't like Biden either. They're kind of stuck in the middle, and like a lot of us are, you know. And um, I said to that person, I said, you know, Trump, he didn't win the the popular vote in 2016, but he has risen in popularity since then in the mm-hmm. last four years. And there's a ton of people that didn't vote for him that are going to vote for him now, yeah. especially when they look at the option. Yeah. And so I can't in any real way see how he would lose. Yeah, he won't. And it's not the same way that the Democrats felt about Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. They were just absolutely like ignorant. They were ignorant. They just did not realize that there were people out there that at any cost did not want her to win. Yeah. Like not not to riot or anything. No, I like mean that. she was the most unlikable candidate that has ever been placed into American history. Yeah. Really really. Yeah. I mean Satan could run against her and get more votes probably. Yeah. You know, Lucifer himself. Because at least you would know the dark angel. Yeah. <laughs> at least you know what you're getting. Yeah. And and his lies would be expected. Yeah. Not just I don't know. He could be truthful maybe. Yeah. Anyways, um, I bet he's even scared of her. <laughs> he doesn't want her. <laughs> oh gosh, the memes that I've seen of Bill Clinton with her lately—they mm-hmm. did some kind of thing in uh, interview or whatever—and Bill Clinton was behind her and she was talking and, and she was basically telling Biden he must not concede if he loses or whatever, yeah. you know. And uh, and Bill Clinton's eyes were just like, like roll, like. Oh. <laughs> He was probably looking for a woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like, hey, which one of those can I grab easily? <laughs> Where, who, where's Epstein? <laughs> but anyways, uh, so it, it's a huge week. It's a huge week politically. It's a huge week. Yeah. Like, and- this is going to be... Like, when, when I see these, these TikToks going around, two of these left these really radical feminists that are just losing their minds screaming, you know, because mm-hmm. they're like, F, 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 oh, wow, you had to die. You had to die. What? F, F, F. No, yeah. no. You know, they just can't take the truth, you know, of what happened. And it's like, um, I just, you know, when Bill Clinton got elected, you know, that was coming off the heels of Reagan and Bush. And, you know, it was like we'd had these conservative years and it, I think we had 12 years straight of Republican conservative mm-hmm. presidency. And when he won, it was sad for us and all these people, you know, all these, you know, and uh, we lived through it. When Obama got elected conser- as a conservative, it was it was not a good day for mm-hmm. conservatives. And, and it proved those eight years were really hard for conservatives. He worked against all of our values, like yeah. tr- truly undid so many things. You know, and um, in reality, like I'm not just being critical. I'm just saying in reality. No, yeah, he's going to go down in history as one of the worst presidents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Obamacare alone. Look at that. You yeah. know, and so uh, Obama gets in, and uh, do we riot? Do we, and now I'm seeing like people, like there's tweets, so many tweets of we're going to burn the place down if they yeah. if they actually do constitutional. <laughs> Yeah. constitutional governing the way it's been set up we're gonna burn the place down if he actually fill a seat because he's the president and he can do it you know and he's supposed to yeah and he's supposed to yeah and he has the senate which which is what they don't like really yeah so they're gonna try and start buying senators they're gonna try and start buying votes get people get them to flip you know on them or something and, yeah um so i mean if you if if a if a liberal's got dirt on you and you're in the senate and you're a Republican, 
dude, you're done. You're done. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna use this. It's it's coming out. So just get ready. Yeah, I do. I do. I just want to. Uh, maybe I don't. Uh, I'll leave this up to. You. I just have a couple things I want to say about this. Yeah, and then if Rachel has anything, and then Rachel's a woman; she doesn't have anything. We we let her talk when we say she can talk, <laughs> and that's what I was about to In do. In the spirit of Peter Ginsburg, <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you um don't know how to feel about this, I was going to say I'll leave uh, one with a Bible verse, which is how I have spent this weekend, which is Proverbs eleven ten. <laughs> It says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. And I have been very joyful. Wow. She, she, yeah. no, I, I want to read another quote from her. Quote, frankly, I had thought that at the time Roe was decided, there was concern about population growth and particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of. Mm. So that Roe was going to be then set up for Medicaid funding of abortion. So wow, and she like certain population. So there's a little bit of racial. Uh, yes, absolutely. That's exactly that's what I'm saying. Is she was happy that they're killing black babies mm. predominantly. Wow. Yeah, so it's an uncomfortable truth, isn't it? So you know what, a woman that uh, shouts for joy about babies being killed. Yeah, don't care. Sorry. It, hopefully she had a deathbed conversion. I probably doubt it. She, I think she professed to be a Catholic. So she's Jewish, but she professed to be Catholic. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, well. yeah. She was a Catholic. Uh, that's what I read. Hmm. So, anyways, Rachel. <laughs> now I will allow you. <laughs> will allow you. You have, have permission. <laughs> Do I have anything to say about RBG? Yeah. Well, I'm honestly just have the. Uh, I'm praying for the whoever Trump appoints yeah. because just re- remembering what they did with Brett Kavanaugh, that's going to be very, yep. be very harsh. Yeah. So definitely praying, praying for her. <laughs> Every guy that ever dated her in high school is going, oh crap. Right now <laughs> they're scrubbing Dude, their Facebook. They're well, doing everything. Well, oh, so how about if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Amy, uh, middle name. I can't remember. Amy C- Bear, Bear, Barrett. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, she's like super conservative. Solid. Conservative. Because yeah. I was going to say, I don't think there's going to be dirt on her. Yeah. There's going to be probably made up stuff. Like people well, are probably going to be paid big to make wait, up stuff. Wait, wait a second. They would never <laughs> make up stuff. <laughs> they would never make up a rape or something like that. They would never do that. That's, Dude, they're going to bring out crazy. Blase Ford again, and she's going <laughs> to say that she was raped. She'll right. have a mustache. Yeah. No, she's going to say I'm a woman. She's like, oh, I forgot. It wasn't Brett Kavanaugh. It was Amy Barrett. Conan Barrett. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, the circus that we're about to experience. Yeah. It is going to be, the next couple, the next 40 days are going to be insane. Yeah. And then the next 40 days after that are going to be insane. Because... You know, effectively, if Trump wins, Biden will not concede. The left will riot. It's going to be like buy ammo, buy food. Hopefully, you've been buying ammo. Yeah. Keep your gas tank full, mm-hmm. and and uh, practice. Make fr- make friends with those Mormons, man. I've been saying that. Well, I would just say practice your, you know, get your aim at, get you know, yeah. get your sights. <laughs> Don't. Anyways, get get all Kyle on them. 
Yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Hero. Oh, man. All right. So let's talk about the podcast after it's been 18 minutes now. <laughs> We've yeah. got it. So I wanted to start. Um, and so this is going to be basically um, we're exposing some of the dark side of the left. <laughs> and when I say dark side, the spiritual dark side of yeah. the left. So um, in in 2017, Vox wrote an article, and Rosie, you 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 gave me this article, and uh, it's a great it was a great article. I'm just going to read a part of this article. I got to pull it up though, real quick. It's in my notes here, and you basically um, you basically uh, uh, sent me a couple of of articles today because you knew we were going to be talking. We are going to be talking about Black Lives Matter. And I just want to say this too. The spiritual side of Black Lives Matter, we're gonna ha- I have some audio clips that um, that I actually pulled from a different YouTube channel. Um, and I invited it. Uh, it's from the Hamilton Project. And I invited them onto our podcast, but they did not respond. So, you know, I, got a, I was emailing back and forth. And I said, who do I contact to invite him on as a guest on the podcast? And his name is Alexander Hamilton. He's the one who I heard these... Uh, sound clips from and and then since then I've heard them on like three or four different podcasts so they're probably not new to any some of our listeners but some of them they will be but I just wanted to be up front and say I did get these from another podcast and I did ask permission and I did invite them on but they weren't they didn't respond to coming on so that's out there so in the open and I can put a link to his YouTube as well if yeah. you want um, on our thing but so in 20 so let's go all the way back to 2015 2016 the election for Trump to come in and I kept hearing all of these uh you know articles about witches that were casting spells on Trump and trying to keep him from you know being able to do his duties in the office and all of that stuff and in Vox writes a, an article in 2017 and uh it's basically called how witches of the of the magic resistance right excuse me, how witches of the magic hashtag magic resistance rise up against the Trump administration each month, thousands of witches cast spells against Donald Trump. So, um, it goes on to say on a, on a typical Wednesday by the light of the waning moon, Kate Duchette joined several thousand strangers on the internet in casting a spell to bind Donald Trump. Duchette, which is her married name, not her legal name, is one of the resistance witches. And at least 13,000 strong umbrella umbrella group of internet neo-pagans, Wiccans, solo practitioners who self-identify as hedge witches, longtime magical practitioners in various traditions, and committed activists. They've come together each month since Trump's inauguration with one goal, to perform a spell, equal parts quasi-religious ritual and activist performance. To b- bind the president, uh, forming a collective known as the hashtag magic resistance. The spell, a variant on a traditional binding spell found in many contemporary neo-pagan and other occultic practices, involves channeling energy to limit Trump's power so that he may fail utterly, that he may do no harm. Practitioners have have the option to add, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> so they're using his own words from the, from uh, the Apprentice uh, in their spell. Uh, let me. It goes on to say that some members like Duchette cast spells alone at home, communicating with fellow activists via Facebook Messenger around each monthly ritual, which is timed to coincide with the waning moon and exchanging photographs of home altars. Like others, like Magic Resistance, New York City's moderator known as Catherine uh, Gogeria. Uh, practice right in front of their stated enemy, 
casting the binding spell in front of Trump Tower. But nearly all resistant witches share a passion for a collective aspect of their practice, allowing them to channel feelings of powerlessness about the current administration while reviving a sense of community and ritual. Many report missing from their daily experiences of life today. Duchette was raised Catholic in a predominantly born-again... Oh, uh, hold on a second. A predominantly born-again Protestant Christian area. She said she left the church after finding its attitude towards sexuality and social issues regressive. She told Vox that for her, the binding spell was very similar to prayer, which I've had no use for most of my life, as well as to the meditation which she prefers. So it goes on. It's a long article. I'm not going to read much more of it. Um, But uh, they talk about how it's given them a sense of community but the ultimate goal of these witches back in 20 since 2017 is to practice dark magic and to use evil practices to stop what they would believe to be a bad man and uh what's really interesting to me is that um you know Trump uh, you know i mean this is the hard part like it's hard to defend him as a believer or a christian mm-hmm. i'm not a cutard so i'm not going to go oh yeah he's the savior and all that right yeah and i'm not going to be a blue tard and you know like a blue anon or a q anon right like, blue anons are like these ridiculous people that are doing this kind of crazy stuff but uh i do you know i do i do believe he's changed in the past four years yeah absolutely um you know, do I think that he's an absolute moral, you know, guy? Do I think that he's, you know, one of these guys that is going to be, you know, um, he's going to be uh, someone that I would say to my son, this is who I, I want you to act like? No, no. Because if he is a believer, a true believer, he's an immature one at, at best just by his behavior, you know. So I, I'm not, I'm just going to go out and say all that. Okay. But I'm not against him because I do believe that, what he's been doing politically has been beneficial to my values and to the things that I believe in and, you know, economically and all that. So anyways, uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into it. I do want to read one verse out of Corinthians in reference to this. So, because I know a lot of Christians just don't like Trump and it's like, it puts them in a weird camp. So it says here in first Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 20, Actually, uh, eight, I'm going to start at 18. It says, Consider the people of Israel. Do not do not those who eat sacrifices participate in, at the altar. Do I mean then that the sacrifice offered to an idol is anything or that an idol is anything? No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot be have part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Hmm. So, you know, um, this is my warning on the onset, because when we get to the end and we start playing these clips from Black Lives Matter, this is my, my kind of my siren call to the Christians who are sympathetic to the Black Lives Matter movement. And you have to understand that when I say this, and I know you believe this, and Rachel, I know you believe this too, you know, Rosie and Rachel, that we collectively, we are not racial in this way, like racist in this way. We want black people to have every freedom 
that I have and that you have experienced that um, as a white person, I don't want there to be, you know, um, the things that the hardships and difficulties that they face um, to have. But I do not believe in the movement of Black Lives Matter, the, the organization. I, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I separate the two. The, the, the movement, the organization is evil in, in its way, in its practices. It's unbiblical. It's anti-Christ. It's anti-Christian, and we'll unpack that a little bit. And it's important for me to say that on the onset, but I want, if you're a Christian and you're sympathetic to, to the BLM, I want you to at least hear me out. Don't just turn it off and say, oh, that bigot or that racist or whatever. Hear me out. I'm talking from a spiritual perspective right now. And just like we were talking with our interview with Frank Rice or Frank Rich, uh, last on our last episode about pornography, what's been lost in the whole the whole sexual freedom movement and all of this stuff that's going on is the spiritual side of all of this. That pornography is a spiritual act. You're joining yourself with someone, even though it's on a screen. You're not actually physically touching someone, but there's a spiritual impact that it has on a person, and we always forget that. We it's always minimized, and as believers, as Christians, we're spiritual people. And that's a huge part of our dynamic. We are equally spiritual as we are physical. It's that real. So I don't want to like minimize this. I want to. I actually want to emphasize this um, f- as we go through this. So on the left side, there's this this thread of occult darkness, and we saw it right after the election when Trump was elected. These witches came out. I even saw them on Fox News at one point. They were being interviewed. I think yeah. on Tucker Carlson. Probably. Yeah, and he so he had these witches on, and they were they were justifying their actions. So that happened in 2017. So let's go forward a little bit more, and you get to 2018. And in September of 2018, you might remember just just recently, uh, in September, uh, we had on the uh, mall of D.C. They erected a model, or a it's a it was basically a um, it was this uh, the arc. Arch of Baal was set up on the mall in DC. Um, what happened was, is in 2015, ISIS destroyed. They discovered the archaeologists had discovered this um, this temple to Baal, and it was the archway, the entranceway to it. And so uh, ISIS had destroyed it. So they rebuilt it, and then they made a model of it, and then they were touring it around the world. Well, in September of 2018, they put it on the mall at the same time that the Kavanaugh hearing was going on. And where they put it on the mall and all of this and the timing of it all was very interesting because it brought pagans out of the woodwork. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know who Baal is, Baal has been the classic you know, anti-god of the Old Testament. Uh, he is the Satan figure in a lot of ways to the nation of Israel. He was the, the god of, uh, I think, weather and lightning. I think that was sort of his thing, one of his things. And, um, and he also was uh, accepted human sacrifice of children, you know, like Molech did. So uh, you have this, this uh, prehistoric, you know, god that is just uh, this Baal guy that he was so they they found this they put it up on in the mall in on the mall in dc at the same time that the kavanaugh hearing which was a huge uproar we did an episode on kavanaugh and what was the result of that it was hashtag me too um you know so you had all of that going on at the same time i just want to read real quick about this archway in case you didn't know it says the temple of Baal or Baal. uh 
and its arch at Palmara, Syria, prior to its destruction by ISIS in 2015. Uh, and there's a picture of it on this article that comes out of uh, Digital Archaeology. Um, it says, in 2016, the Institute of Digital Archaeology announced it was producing a full-scale 48-foot replica of the Arch of Baal, Baal, and that it would put it on display in cities around the world produced with 3D printers in China. The IDA uh, decided to produce a replica after ISIS destroyed the original arch in 2015 that were part of the Baal Temple found in Palmyra, Syria. At the end of September of 2018, the Baal Arch was set up in the National Mall in Washington, D.C., in sight of the U.S. Capitol. Since the arch was actually a gateway to the ancient Baal Temple, when news surfaced of its arrival in Washington, some Christians were concerned that it might give the demonic a unique ability to influence U.S. society. Baal was one of the major ancient deities of the Middle East that was constantly trying to seduce Israel away from Jehovah. He was considered a fertility god and the god of weather that was often portrayed with the thunderbolt in his hand. The Bible is clear that these ancient idols had demonic roots. When the when the people worshipped these deities, they were actually worshipping demons. They provoked him to jealousy with foreign gods. And abomin with abominations, they provoked him to anger. So, um, the article uh, goes on a little bit more. It talks about different. Um, it talks about uh, the different uh, kings that serve Baal, uh, and one of those was um, was Jezebel. You know, she served Baal. She had the prophets of Baal, and which uh, you got, you might remember in Kings Isaiah. Or, I mean, uh, Elijah called down fire on Mount mm -hmm. Carmel and killed the prophets of Baal, and so um, it's it's an enemy of God. It's an enemy of God, and now. Do I think that the archaeologists that found it are all, you know, Satan worshipers and, you know, pagan at heart? No, I don't think so. Uh, but the timing of it coming to D.C. and what it did, like, you know, Ephesians is very clear about principalities and powers. And certainly there is a principality over the Washington, D.C. area because it's such an influential city. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, if you could peel back the spiritual realm and see the city, like, for what it is, you would see some probably pretty powerful principalities. Evil ones. Y yeah, that, that's what I mean. They're not yeah. they're not godly, for sure. Um, so, it, so, you have 2015, you have the, the witches rise up. You know, 2016, the witches rise up. 2018, you have the, the bail arch shows I up. have something also to add. I don't remember if you guys knew this or you were going to mention it. it. Sounds like you didn't. The same time uh, as that uh, stuff with the Kavanaugh, yeah. An article here: New York witches place hex on Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> so they haven't stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, just real quick, it says, uh, yeah, they cast a bunch of spells um, of this stuff. This is uh, this is really. Or let me, I'll just read this real quick. The occult tur turned partisan on Saturday as a coven of New York witches placed a hex on Supreme U.S. Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Dozens attended the event at this book. They streamed it online. Um, <laughs> it says, organizers said the event was, quote, an act of resistance and resilience. Hmm. A Catholic priest and exorcist in California, Father Gary Thomas, planned to counter the spell by saying prayers for the justice at Mass. Nice. He said, this is a conjuring of evil, not about free speech. Um, it says, Dakota something something, co-owner of Catlin Books, which is where they held it. And one of the organizers said they were not sure details or specifics of the spells. 
but told the BBC that the hex was aimed at exposing Brett Kavanaugh for who he truly is to cause him harm and see him come undone. Wow. Wow. Uh, and listen. Well, when you watched like the protests of the women out when like out in front of the Supreme Court, when the hearings yeah. were, or the Capitol, when the hearings were going on, it, I'm not going to lie. It looked like they were manifesting demons. Yeah. The way that they were acting, like they were uncontrollable. Like they would just start screaming and saliva was flying out of their mouths mm -hmm. and their eyes were like, yeah, <laughs> they were just like uncontrollably angry. Yeah. You know, with anybody that was trying to speak common sense. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, this is the last thing I want to say. This is very interesting. Half of the proceeds are donated to charities. Oh, that sounds good. Planned Parenthood. <laughs> That's their charity? Yeah. Oh, geez. They need the money. Yeah. So. Come on, man. They're done. I just wanted to throw in. So they, that's another example of hexing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one prop to the uh, Catholic Church, though, or at least certain people for actually realizing that there is hexing and spiritual warfare going on. And at least they're being upfront about it. Like, hey, we're actively trying to, you know, work against it. Whereas you don't hear about it as much in the evangelical circles. Um, unless yeah. like the church that's very, very aware of all the spiritual warfare going on. Yeah. And it's a big deal, particularly, uh, I think people that listen to this now have a lot of Catholic friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say some influential Catholic friends. Um, and I was talking with one of them just recently about something and like for the fact that not only is this a priest, but an exorcist, right? Like they do serious crazy training and stuff like that that like they're not even supposed to tell like priests aren't supposed to tell anybody that they're actually trained exorcists in it so no one's supposed to know except for church leadership so for him to even come out and be an exorcist kind of outed himself right? yeah, yeah but it probably was for the greater good but yeah so I, I was just saying it's like just to be specifically an exorcist in the catholic church is yeah. a big deal yeah yeah so well, I, 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 good, I drive good on him. That's I drive I'm past the national headquarters of Planned Parenthood a couple times a week, and um, what's really interesting is they're doing a bunch of construction in front of the building right now, and um, it's, so it's down to like one lane, so you can't go fast, and um, like it's a pretty busy road, yeah. and probably you know most of the time when I go through the um, when I go through the uh, um, the street, uh, there's Catholics with rosaries yeah, on their right. knees in the grass in front praying. And uh, then there's these people in these, these women in these like uh, yellow or pink vests that are escorts yeah. into the building, which, you know, hey, let me just, let me walk you to, to murder your child, you know? Yeah, it'd be a shame if something ever happened to that building. It would be, it would be totally a shame. I'd be very sad. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so it'd be shame if there was a riot in DC and that building happened to catch on fire and burn down. But it won't because they protect that building somehow. Mm. Somehow. Mm. So let me let's get back onto kind of my track because we're gonna we're, it's already been thirty minutes and we Keep haven't going. even got into Black Lives Matter yet. But that's okay because we don't care about the clock. But I care about the listener. So uh, in so let me retrack. In twenty seventeen, Vox writes the article about the witches. In 2018, the ba the bail arch shows up on the Capitol. In 2019, March of 2019, uh, there was an article that came out of Vox as well, 
And uh, the article was titled The Rise of Progressive Occultism. Maybe that's what we should title this this podcast. (laughs) But The Rise of Progressive Occultism. And it was written by a woman by the name of Tara Isabella Burton. Did you say that was Vox? I think it was Vox. It's not Vox. It's not? No. Okay. I'm sorry. I just want to, yeah. Oh, the other article was Vox. The the American Interest. Yeah. I've got it pulled up. Oh, thanks. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That was the other, other article. I apologize. I made a mistake and I correct myself. But uh, it's. I just want to read a portion of this little. This little. It involves AOC, um, one of one of the left's lovely lovelies. They love her. It says, "The rise of progressive occultism, or why Alexandria Ocasio or Cortez felt compelled to share her birth chart." Back in March of 2019, an elected government representative share, shared something personal about personal about her spiritual identity. Not a preferred Bible verse or a conversion story. Rather, a progressive New York representative, Alexandria AOC, shared her birth time with a self-described psychic and astrologer, Arthur Lip Bonewitz, who in turn... (laughs) Bonewitz. Uh, Sorry. Who in turn shared her entire birth chart with what can only be described as astrology Twitter. Astrology Twitter went wild. She did the mainstream media with outlets from Vox to the the cut to Allure, speculating about what AOC's astrological chart could tell us about her fitness for political office. AOC's Aries Moon indicates that she's emotionally fed by a certain amount of independence, self-determination, and spontaneity, concluded Allure's Jenna Kadlec. But that independence always finds a way home. Meanwhile, Lip Bonewitz told the, the Cuts' Madeline Agler that she that the stars the stars predicted that AOC's career in politics is likely to last the rest of her life. Shocker! AOC's decision to share her birth time with Lip Bonewitz might be an unprecedented move for the political figure. For a political figure, Hillary Clinton famously avoided the question, sparking years of debate among astrologers, uh, but it was also a canny one. 29% of Americans say that they believe in astrology, according to a a 2018 Pew poll, while just 22% of Americans call themselves mainline Protestants. Um, I just want to pause for a second. The reason Hillary Clinton wouldn't give her birth numbers you know, whatever it is, is because she looks down on astrology. It's way less powerful than the actual satanic worship that she partakes in regularly. Why would she, True. why would yeah. she waste her time on the stars when she can actually go to, Interact Luc- with demons. Go, to go to Lucifer? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back to the story. More importantly, however, AOC's gambit taps into the way in which progressive millennials have appropriated the rhetoric, imagery, and rituals of what was once called the New Age. From astrology to witchcraft, as both a political and spiritual statement of identity, for the increasing number of far left-leaning millennials, more and more of whom do not belong to any organized religion, occult spirituality isn't just a form of personal practice. Self-care with some more sage. Rather, it's a metaphysical canvas for the American culture wars in the past in the post-Trump era, pitting the self-identified Davids of seemingly secular progressivism against the Goliath of national evangelical Christianity. Isn't that interesting that they swap the actual enemy of the story, that the Goliath is the enemy, and that is the the evangelical Christian. 
but the David, who's the hero of that story, is the actual witch, you know, the, yeah. the, the demon worshipers. There's a coven of Brooklyn witches who publicly hexed then Supreme Court go. candidate Brett Kavanaugh for, to, the, to the acclamation of the thousand strong magic resistance. We just spoke about that. Anti-Trump witches, among them pop singer Lana Del Rey, who used at-home folk magic to bind the president in the months following his inauguration. There are organizations like the Satanic Temple, newly featured in Penny Lane's 2019 documentary Hail Satan, a non-theistic religion, the activist group that uses its religious status to demand for its black-robed clad members the same protections afforded to Christians in the hopes of highlighting the ridiculousness of faith-based expectations. Satanic prayer in schools say, for instance, um, so satanic prayer in schools, for instance, so there are dozens of Trump-era how-to spell books that, that blend folk magic and activist practice the 2018 anthology, The New Arcadia, A Witch's Handbook to Magical Resistance, Michael Hughes' 2018 Magic for the Resistance, Rituals and Spells for Change, David Salisbury's 2019 Witchcraft Activism, A, a Toolkit for Magical Resistance, includes spells for social justice, <laughs> civil rights, the environment, and more. So it talks about social justice. And that's an interesting one. So what I'm what I've been trying to build to here through through these articles and through what I'm pointing out is that there is this on the leftist side of politics, there is a spiritual dynamic that has never really been exposed until the last couple years. But what's being exposed is something that's very dark and very dangerous. Well, I would say that I think it's been i I don't know. I remember reading about this stuff. Maybe I, I would. Well, my point is, but I think not. it's always been there. I think, like, it's becoming more apparent to people who aren't into. Like, if we were to talk about this like ten years ago, you'd be called super crazy fringe. For maybe even bringing maybe. this up. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. That's my whole point. Is like, when did you see witches on Fox News before that? They weren't. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, you, like the underlying. I mean? Like, if you go back in time, like this stuff has always been there. I just think it's been hidden. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's been, I think the media has ignored it or they just haven't focused on it. But now it's almost like they're so desperate that they're like pulling out all the stops. Like we need our witches. Oh, no. <laughs> we need, we need our witches. We need the arch, arch of Baal. We need, we need, we need everything we can, uh, you know, to get in well, there. Well, social media is making it so easy to just like follow a hashtag or post something in your stories and make it super widespread spread so that everybody has that kind of connectedness about doing it around the same time. Um, whereas 10 years ago, it probably would have been a little bit difficult, but people were probably still doing it. But yeah, like it's more of a movement now that I think a lot of people are taking, taking into their own hands and doing something that they can feel. It's like almost like activism that blends with your spirituality. And that I think is very popular to women who are already women and men who are already like entrenched in that belief system. So I was going to say, we had an article pulled up, which is from January. TikTok has become the home of modern witchcraft. Yes, really. <laughs> uh, Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, it's just, just real quick. Witchcraft, witchcraft is on the rise in an age of uncertainty, dislocation, and environmental turmoil. Younger generations are taking a renewed interest in astrology, horoscopes, and the occult. 
In the past five years, there's been a marked increase for those searching on Google for crystal healing. And the subculture of people who identify as witches is on the rise. Um, today's witches are increasingly congregating on TikTok, the rapidly growing social video platform that was 2019's third most downloaded non-gaming app after WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. Um, hmm. So it says this stuff. Um, and now just, you know TikTok was going to go away. Now it's been Oracle actually is one of the is they're funneling all of their traffic through there now. Really. So, and and I think uh, Walmart actually purchased part of it. Hmm. Walmart and Oracle. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Walton must be rolling over in his grave. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah, it, it's just it's out there now. So let sure. me let me just read one one last thing about this. Okay. The, I just want to read a little bit more from this article real quick. Um, it it goes on to talk about you know evangelical Christians and Jerry Falwell and his support of Trump and Liberty University and and so it's kind of trying to take aim at the right side and the spiritual side of the right side, and uh and so it says uh, now its opponents are doing the same, speaking of the opponents of the right, are doing the same. Progressive occultism, the language of witches and demons, of spells and, and sage, of cleansing and bad energy, of star and signs, has become the de facto religion of millennial progressives. The metaphysical symbol set threaded through the worldly ethos of modern social justice activism. Its rise parallels the rise of the religious nuns and not nuns as in Catholic nuns, nuns as in like nothing. Uh, and with them, a model of spiritual religious practice that at once institution, in, intuitional and, and atomized, 23% of Americans call themselves religiously unaffiliated, a number that is spikes to 36% among millennials. So uh, my whole point of that is that there's a whole voting block that is post-Christian in the United States, and they're 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 gravitating towards this spiritualism that is got this embedding with a veneer on top of it as social justice, and this is important because social justice is something that the church has been parsing with for the last probably five years that we've been really trying to figure out what's that supposed to look like for believers. What does social justice look like for believers? And that's a whole nother you know, podcast episode that we could, um, we could go into. And we've talked about it a little bit here and there, but, um, but for, in reality, I want to talk about the spirituality of the black lives matter movement, because that's on the forefront right now. And it's not going away anytime soon. It's just going to continue to grow and it's going to cause for, for some Christians, it's going to cause some questions and they need to ask themselves some questions. So I want them to speak in their own words so you can hear what they've said. So I have six clips that I've pulled from an interview that they did on a Zoom call. And the interview with the Zoom call was from, uh, it was two people. It was uh, Patrice, her name is Patrice um, Colors, and she is the co-founder of Black Lives Matter. And the the interviewer on the Zoom call was Dr. Melania, Melania Abdullah, and Dr. Abdullah is the profession of professor of African studies from the University of Los Angeles. And she's the founder of the Black Lives Matter Los Angeles chapter. So these are people that are leadership within Black Lives Matter. 
Now, some of some of our listeners know this. The first clip is not from the interview, but I want to play this first. It's it's actually Patrice Cullors, uh, in her own words, talking about the origins of Black Lives Matter, how they were trained. And so this is important because it's going to key off some of the other things. So I'm just going to play this clip real quick. How dare you? Oops, that was the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> It all it went back to the wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Greta, you're not the one. <laughs> we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia, in particular, are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. <laughs> there you go. So she says that they are trained Marxists. So. I want you to understand, and Rosie, you know this, man. You, you've talked about this before. If you know anything about Marxism and Christianity, they don't cohabitate. There is no place in Marxism, in communism, for Christianity. The state is the God that is worshipped. The state is all sovereign over everything. And Marxism puts the state at the top. You know, They're in control, and they'll be worshipped. Am I right? Yeah, they're ex explicitly anti-Christian. It's not just like not. It's not important. It's anti-Christian, right? And it sickened me a few weeks ago when I heard Christians defending Black Lives Matter when they were going marching around saying "F your Jesus," yeah, "F your Jesus," "F your Jesus," "F your Jesus," and what? Wait, what? So Christians want to be behind that? So you're picking an organization that's anti-Christ, that's trained Marxists, that want to eradicate you, and they find out that you have faith, maybe you don't have faith. Maybe you need to examine your own faith for a second. I don't know. I'm being a little preachy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did preach today, so yeah. it's hard for me to turn that off sometimes. But so I just wanted to set it up by saying this first clip. And so it's amazing to me. So I went, I had the opportunity to go to Russia in, in 1994. It was right after communism had fallen, you know, like publicly fallen, yeah. and they opened up. And for 75 years, the people of Russia had been, um, it was against the law to worship God in any institutional setting other than the Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox Church. And I went into the Russian Orthodox Church, and you were not allowed to pray, you were not allowed to sing, and there were no sermons. Basically, it was a it was a room full of icons, paintings of saints, and you could read about that saint. And so it was basically a museum. It wasn't a, a worship place, a place of worship. There was no sermons. You weren't learning the Bible. So they effectively cut off everything from Christianity out of for 75 years. And so what that did is that created a spiritual void in the lives of all these people and so what they resorted to and what was rampant in Russia when we got there sharing the gospel, what was rampant was tea leaf reading, astrology, palm reading, all of this occultic practice, and even worse, you know, they were, in, they were doing other black magic and, you know, deeper stuff. Uh, all of that was okay. But you can't talk about Jesus. You can't worship Jesus. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is that from that article that we read there, how these millennials are disenfranchised with the church for whatever reason, there's a spiritual void. Well, what are they going to fill it with? They want to have some kind of meaning. And so Black Lives Matter comes along and says, hey, we're social justice warriors. We're the ones who are going to set everyone free. We hate fascism. We hate this. We've got what you need. 
But what it is underneath that veneer of social justice is this nefarious, dark, evil spiritual practice. And so what does that look like? Well, here's their own words. Let me play the second clip for you guys real quick. And I want you guys to jump in. I don't want to do all the talking. I've, it's, I've been doing all the talking. So it's our podcast, <laughs> right? All right, here, second clip. Maybe I'm sharing too much, but we become very intimate with the spirits that we call on regularly, right? Like each of them seems to have a different presence and personality. You know, I laugh a lot with Waikisha, you know, and I didn't meet her in her body, right? I met her through this work. Well, so that's Dr. Abdullah. And she was speaking on how they call on spirits. And she says Waukesha was one of the spirits that they call on, I guess. That, so what they do is, uh, you know, I, I, there's more to this. We don't have time to play all of it. But basically, um, that would be someone who was, who was killed, either by police or whatever. Waukesha was one. So they call on her spirit to empower them to bring justice. So it's divination. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's straight up divination. Deuteronomy talks about this very clearly. And, uh, you know, it warns us not to do these things, right? Yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing about? I just keep wanting to do Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. But, uh, <laughs> by the way, have you seen all the Wakanda uh, Ruth Gator oh, crossover posts? It's so dumb. Ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. So, Dr. Abdullah says there that the, they call on spirits. Uh, it gets worse though. Here's here's number three. You know, the other thing that we've been noticing, right, is these these hashtags, mm -hmm. Me Too and resistance and all that. Well, listen to what they talk about with with Black Lives Matters and hashtags. It's a very important practice. Um, hashtags are for us are way more than a hashtag. It is um, literally almost resurrecting a spirit so they can work through us to get the work that we need to get done. I started to feel personally connected and responsible and accountable to them, um, both from a deeply political place, but also from a deeply spiritual place. And um, always, you know, in, our, in, in my tradition, you offer things that, that your loved one who passed away would want, you know, um, whether it's like honey or tobacco or things like that. And that's, it's so important, not just for us to be in direct relationship to our people who've passed, but also for them to know they've, we've remembered them. Um, I, I believe so many of them work through us. So that's Dr. Abdullah, and she's the professor of African studies for the University of Los Angeles. She was on a Zoom call with Patrice, who's so this, colors. Uh, here's an important question. Yeah. Is that one actually, is she actually black? Because there's been a number of African-American studies professors that have, have been coming out as white recently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. I've never seen her. Like, I don't know. Like, can you tell by looking at them? If they're black? <laughs> well, I'm I mean, evidently, apparently not. I, maybe they identify as black. Yeah. Are we at that point yet? Are we at that crazy now that I identify as black, even though I'm I have no my melanin is white? You should. I I should. But anyway, I'm sorry. Anyways, but, yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know. So anyways, uh, it's interesting that she kept saying in my practice, in my right, like 
something she'd been doing prior to it that she brought into it. Well, see, it's African spirituality. Right. And it's not Christianity. It's yeah. African spirituality, which gets really crazy. I mean, African spirituality is what made its way into Haiti. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and Haiti has some crazy, you know, it's like the 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 land of witchcraft, right? Uh, when I was in Haiti a couple mm-hmm. years ago, we'd go to sleep at night and we could hear the witch doctors up in the hills playing their drums and cursing us because they knew Christian missionaries were down in the town. And uh, wow. I know they, it's like you go to bed at night and you're like, what have I, what have I done? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to say, since you brought this up, interesting, real quick, read about this. Yeah. Um, this guy was talking about uh BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors, which we heard, yeah. openly practices the occult religion IFA. Yes. An African, quote, system of divination, divinization, sorry, according to Wikipedia, which defines divination as an occultic standardized practice or ritual. Her Wikipedia bio uh, states of Cullors, Patrice or whatever. Developed an interest in the Nigerian religion tra- religious tradition of IFA, incorporating its rituals into political protest uh, events. It says uh, witchcraft is the term this guy talks about. Um, it's called voodoo. Um, where is the thing? Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's this is it's all that whole witchcraft that you get out of like Haiti and Jamaica and it all of that came out of Africa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I was going to just, yeah. So it's interesting that it, uh, it's called IFA. Yeah. Okay. Crazy. It's like the serpent and the rainbow. Yeah. And it says, uh, actually this is from, this article is from June and, uh, Bill Barr, AG. Yeah. Yeah. He said that there is a witches brew, witches brew of extremists trying to infiltrate demonstra- demonstrations of the stuff. So he literally said, it's a witch's brew. Interesting. He knows what's up. Yeah. I think I think it's now it's definitely out there. I mean, if we're doing a podcast on it, you know, yeah. like who are we? All right, let's hear one more clip. Uh I've done three, right? Yes. Okay, so clip four. Uh let's see here. When we come out into the streets and we pray, you know, the first thing that we do when we hear of a murder is we come out, we pray, we pour a libation, we build with the community where Um, the person's life was stolen. And it took almost a year for me to realize that this movement is much more than a racial and social justice movement. At its core, it's a spiritual movement because we're literally standing on spilled blood, right? And you can't pretend like that's work that's just like some organizing work. That's, you know, that's some serious stuff. Right. So she's saying that it's more than a, a, a justice movement. It's a spiritual movement. And she talks about pouring out libations. Man, like that's all practicing. That's witchcraft practice. You know, when you pour, you're making potions and pouring out and saying spells and you're doing these things, that's all, that's all witchcraft. Yeah. I mean, this is like, they're literally telling you what they're like. First of all, to come out and say we're a trained Marxist, and then they then they say this is our spirituality. Yes, it's demonic. It's completely witchcraft. Yeah. What do you think the results of all of that's going to be? If you take all of those evil practices and pour them into one bowl, what do you think is going to be the result? It's not going to be. It's not going to be advancing the lives of black people. 
Come on. Mm -hmm. It's evil. It's going to cause destruction, mayhem, chaos, and and it's just going to be the result of darkness. That's what's going to happen, of evil. When I say darkness, I mean evil. It's just crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I can't get it through. And churches that are jumping on this, you know, I drive through D.C. a lot, and I see these churches, and they have two things predominantly, you know, rainbow flags or Black Lives Matter flags. And I get it. I get it. Like you're 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 signaling to the the public, the community that you care about people. No, they're they're no. doing that. So okay, I understand what it is. I know what it is. It's liberal. It's liberal Christianity, is what it is. No, what it is is they don't want to get their building to burn down. <laughs> no, the shops that do that. There's <laughs> all of the Chinese restaurants in D.C. They all have Black Lives Matter and like yeah. printed out on like a little piece of paper, and uh, you know, does it say Brack? <laughs> No, come Sorry. on, man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, so you see this happening. So if there's churches that are like doing this, you, you know, you got to think it through a little bit more. There's more to it. Let me just play one more. I got two more clips. Let me just play, play the fifth one real quick here. When we say the names, right? So we speak their names. We say her name, say their names. We do that all the time that you kind of invoke that spirit and then those spirits actually become present with you. Hmm. Those spirits become present with you, she says. When you so so is this what's so what's happening? Is what's happening when they join together and they force people to put their fist in the air and go, say their name, say their name, say Brianna, say whoever you know, whoever the person is, say George, say say our names. That's actually evoking a spiritual right. ritual. It's a it's a sigil. In her words, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, you're literally partaking in a demonic spiritual ritual, <laughs> right? Yep. So, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just insane to me. It's insane to me uh, that Christians would get behind this. Right. They'd get behind this. Well, fear of pushback for, you know, being seen as complicit or being seen as, you know... Uh, agreeing to the systemic racism that's going on, even though like you can speak out about it all you want, but if you're not doing the certain things, which are almost a ritual, you know, you have to say the perfect thing, post the perfect thing, um, at least acknowledge it. Otherwise people are going to come at you. So in some ways it's a fear of it, of the backlash, but then also like a genuine, like I think a genuine concern out of ignorance that they are wanting to express you know, hey, I didn't know about all this and I'm trying to be more sensitive to it without actually delving into the backgrounds of the organization. Hmm. So it's not racist to not want to adhere to everything that this organization is saying. It's not racist to not post that hashtag on your post at all because people who understand the origins are trying very hard to not be ignorant about what they're posting about, which I applaud the people who are not posting the hashtag out of their understanding of what it means. Now, there are people who do understand what it means, such as these professors and the founders of BLM. And so they know very well what they're doing. But the people who don't know what they're doing are almost like they're being taken advantage of yes. um, by their ignorance of not knowing uh, what the organization stands for. So it's not racist to 
um, not have to comply with everything that's being demanded of you. Um, because there's other, I mean, there's so many different kinds of witchcraft and so many different like, um, origins of occultic practices. I mean, you think Wiccan, um, uh, religions, you think of like far Eastern stuff, you think of like Indian stuff that's infiltrated with like yoga and whatnot. Yeah. And a Christian can understand the origins of something and they're not racist against the people who practice it. They're just like, hey, listen, that's demonic and I don't want to be a part of it. Right. So I really do appreciate when people have done their research and they're not being easily led astray, but you can still want to, you can still want to be working in the reconciliation between people who have felt the racial divide and the racial um, uh, just, yeah, the division that's been going on for a long time out of, again, ignorance of the word, because if you understand what the Bible says about how the gospel unifies people from all backgrounds, like those things don't matter. They only matter because they keep being perpetuated and they keep being a source of division in people's fallen nature. Right. So it's some, if you're trying to take active steps to not continue racist thoughts or actions, you don't have to be posting a Black Lives Matter hashtag in order to, you know, have checked all your boxes. Like, right. you can be actively trying to live out the gospel in your own life and uh, not care about skin color or background at all. And while you're making your friends, I mean, while you're, you know, choosing your spouse, like, none of that stuff matters. Um, and you shouldn't be forced to bow down to the, <laughs> um, I saw an awesome meme. I don't know if it was one of you guys shared it, but it was the, the raised fist as a golden statue. And the few people who, who were not standing were obviously, you know, thrown into the fire, not right. flying. Right, yeah. And it just kind of feels like that, even in Christian culture, it's like, if you're not, you know, you're not allowed to criticize. Right yeah. You're not allowed to criticize yeah. this movement. Then you're how complicit. Which blows so. me away because if you truly wanted racial equality and somebody with a MAGA hat wanted to join into your 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 protest, <laughs> I called it a riot. <laughs> it uh, is. Yeah. If someone wanted to join in, you why would you care? If they if they have a heart for racial equality and up and bringing up a, an oppressed group, you know, uh, like supposedly Black Lives Matter is about, and they had a MAGA hat on, why would you care? But that person gets beat up. Like you can't be here. You're not. You're not allowed at to best, be here. Yeah, mur at, murdered at worst. Right. That's right. So let me play this last clip for us, and then we can we can have our own. We can kind of share our own thoughts on this a little bit. Okay. Spirituality is at the center of Black Lives Matter, um, and I think that's not just for us. I feel like so many um, leaders and so many organizers um, are deeply engaged in, in a pretty um, important spiritual practice. I don't think I could I could do this work without that. I don't think I could do it as long as I've done it and as consistently. Um, it feels like if I didn't do that, it would be antithetical to this work. Hmm. So that last clip there just basically says that Black Lives Matter at the center of it is a spiritual movement. So when are we going to have the first church of BLM? Where, where well, they already have the first saint. They do have the first saint, George, George Floyd. Saint George. I'm, they're not even joking. There's stuff like I've seen murals of him. We well, had a gold the, casket. Dude, yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's just, it's there's, this is this is what they are, guys. This is what they are, and and some people are like, duh, like no duh, we knew this is not, but this is this is what happens when you remove a solid foundation of faith and truth with morality, and you replace it with a void that becomes something filled with something like this. This is what happens. We're in a post-Christian, you know, era here in in our nation. We really are. There's more non-believers than there are believers in in our nation right now. And so this is these are the things that we're going to expect to happen unless we become like Europe where they are now becoming predominantly Muslim because they've had an influx of so many Muslims that have come into their country. So they were replaced Christianity with Islam. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We haven't that hasn't happened in the United States. So it's things like this that are going to be filling that void. The funny thing is, is that of all of the people in the world that should be able to handle race issues, the church should be the one. I mean, the first issue that Christians had to deal with was a race issue. I don't know if you, if people understand that. When you go into the 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 gospel or the Acts, the book of Acts at the beginning, the big dilemma they had was what do we do with these non-Jewish people who want to worship God? Because the first believers, the first Christians were Jews that converted to follow Jesus. So then the Gentiles started getting saved and they didn't know what to do with these with these pagan Greeks that were coming in and these Roman citizens that were worshiping Jesus too. What Do, do we have to separate ourselves from them? Can they, can they even be in, in with us? And so the church had to deal with radical racism from the beginning. This is nothing new for us. Like, I don't get it. It To me, it blows me away because, like, Rachel, you said it. You said it really well. The gospel, it kind of flatlines all of this. Because if you're a different color, but you call on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you and I, we automatically have common ground that's solid. You know what I mean? Like, that's our that's our bond right there. You know? Galatians 3.28. <laughs> that's right. Like, Paul. that's... It's right out there, yeah. Yeah, no bond, no slave, no free, no no woman, <laughs> no Greek, no Jew. He goes through it all, you know? And so we that's my take on it, is as Christians, we've got the answer that they really need, you know? Yeah. So I've got a couple stuff to pull up that... Please. Just I, I start thinking this. Okay. We're talking about the saint. St. George. St. George. Okay. So, I remember because I tweeted out this article. The Gospel Coalition. So, mm. I, I just want to say, uh, I don't know. I don't think we've ever... TGC, explicit. baby. So, TGC promotes a song worshiping George Floyd. What? Yes. Worshiping him. Worshiping him. Okay. Oh, okay. So... Uh, how the mighty have fallen. Okay. So... They posted, uh, let me just read this real quick article. Uh, the Gospel Coalition has continued the rapid, <laughs> I lo- sorry, it's going to be a little snarky because the article is good. Okay. The Gospel Coalition has continued their rapid de-evolution into full woke beast mode by sharing and promoting a series <laughs> of new albums by the Porter's Gate, include one that, including one that literally has a song worshiping George Floyd. Wow. So listen to this. The band, which was founded by Isaac and Megan Wardle, and is comprised of a rotating collective 
uh, of guest artists and collaborators describes itself as, quote, a sacred ecumenical arts collective reimagining and recreating <laughs> worship that welcomes, reflects, and impacts both the community and the church. The band is, so that's the quote, the band is heavily involved in the social justice scene and its social media retweets, read like a who's who of BLM affirming believers. This may be why TGC is so enamored with it. Yeah. So they, so here's a link they posted on their Facebook. They promoted it about this album. So the album titled Lament Songs is scheduled for release on September 11th and includes <laughs> a host of problematic songs and lyrics, which will be covered more later, but none, the, but none more than the blasphemous. This is what the name of the song is. Oh, sacred neck now wounded. Which is a reimagining slash remix of the 17th century hymn, O Sacred Head, Now Wounded. In reference to Christ. Set to the same tune, which rather than being about Jesus, is now in part about George Floyd. Hmm. So they re read the lyrics. So I'm going to read the lyrics. This is, so when we're talking about like Christian, like you, maybe if you're listening to this because you're based because you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you're like, yeah, of course, you know, I, I'm not all into this or, you know, but why do you, you know, maybe you don't, I was going to say like, I don't see a lot of this stuff from Christians of my friends. Like I don't see them posting because I'm just not friends with them. So, right. it, but it is a real thing when you no. have like the gospel coalition promoting this stuff. And I've seen so many articles recently from uh, some websites that I follow, usually yeah. like reform dudes. They yeah. love smashing big eva over this stuff but right so listen i want to so the tgc the gospel coalition everyone knows them right right they've been around they're yeah yeah they're huge so this is the song i'm gonna so i mean just think about a gospel or not a hymn about jesus and they replace it in a church yeah yes so i'm just gonna read this thing so this is you know they're putting it on the level george floyd of Christ with us. Okay. So, O oh, sacred neck now wounded, pressed down by blows and knees, this son of God surrounded by silent enemies. Will no one stop and listen? Will no one speak and rise of violence and oppression, which hanged you from that tree? Yeah. So, and it goes, it just keeps going on. Oh, you know, all this stuff. Oh, sacred body wounded, now breathless in the street. Your people here press onward to be at your hands and feet, your mouth to speak your justice, your heartbeat for the poor, your life. It flows within us to break down prison doors. Hmm. So, I mean, like when I just wanted to, I always like to try to back up something I say. Right. So when yeah. I'm saying like these people are literally like building a spiritual thing and yeah. elevating these people like George Floyd. This is the next step. Yes. Okay. George Floyd, uh, uh, again, reiterating, a, a career criminal porn star who assaulted a pregnant woman and held a gun, a loaded gun to her pregnant belly while he did a home invasion on her, who died of a fentanyl overdose, uh, completely unrelated to what happened. And I'm not saying it was justified he, what he happened. He died from a fentanyl overdose according to the autopsy. Yes. Yes. But so it, hasn't, is, it hasn't been publicized in any way. Right, but it, it, I mean, it was publicized that this isn't secret information. You can find it. No, but it hasn't been yeah. mass media. Right. Like, oh my gosh, they were wrong. Right. It so wasn't, he didn't get strangled by he a He didn't die of strangulation. He died of a fentanyl overdose. Mm -hmm. He was going to die that day. 
Right. It had nothing to do with the circumstances. So anyways, career criminal, this guy. I'm not saying that we should delight. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm just saying this is the guy that they're raising up now to on the same level of Jesus. Yeah. So Black Lives Matter think that he, and let's be honest, they think that this guy's more important than Jesus. Right. That's what, that's ultimately. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I've been waiting no, to use good. That. Yeah, but I mean, just. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Reimagine, rewriting hymns. To the taking next. the place of, you know, just, just, I just, I just wanted to put that out there because I, that sounded really ignorant. No. Originally what I said is like, oh yeah, they've already sainted him. Yeah. They have this is spiritual. Well, he had a gold coffin, like I said. Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah, a- none of this is racist to talk about at all because this could be literally anyone, but it's because the culture has put this at the forefront of everyone's mind that you cannot argue with it. Otherwise, you are guilty of it yourself. Yeah. That's the hard part. Is like it's the, you, you can't even, you cannot be neutral. If you're against it, you're a t- terrible person, but you can't even come at it from a biblical standpoint of like, hey, listen, that was a little blasphemous, don't you think? Um, <laughs> right. It's really difficult to try and maintain any kind of foundation of the word without being completely attacked by a lot of very uh, social justice gospel preaching Christians yeah. and then the rest of the world who doesn't know um, the freedom that there is in Christ. And then, and then there's this element of manipulation that plays in as well. Um, that if if I if I somehow as a white evangelical Christian male if I somehow push back on this I'm using my white privilege like oh you're just you, you're afraid that you're gonna lose your white privilege and I laugh at that um, because it can act that can, that we could say that about anything just about you know what I mean mm-hmm. and what's funny is. I had somebody actually t- try to tell me that I, I had white privilege, this um, 22-year-old guy who was, you know, he's like, you're just, you don't under, we were, we were having a candid discussion. He's not a believer. And he goes, you, you just have a lot of white privilege. It shows. And I was like, how does it show? Tell me what you mean by that. He goes, well, you obviously have white privilege. And I was like, let me tell you about my white privilege. I said, um, so when you say white privilege, you mean like the that African-Americans don't have the same opportunities that I have, that my privilege because of my skin color. And, and he goes, yeah, exactly. And I was like, so like if, so like a, an African-American that was raised by their mom, didn't have a dad, that um, was low social income, like they didn't, they didn't have money. Um, they, they were, you know, basically raising themselves, no role model. Um, is that what you're talking about? Like that type of upbringing? He goes, yeah, exactly. That's like a majority. I was like, yeah, that was, that was actually my upbringing. I said, my dad left when we were, when I was 11, my mom worked two jobs. I, I, um, I started working at 15 because I wanted to have, um, a skateboard. I wanted to be able to buy a skateboard, you know? And, um, and also my, one of my best friend who was black, uh, he was in the same situation. His, he lived in the neighborhood. His mom, his dad left. His mom was working. She had a better job than my mom. And he actually got into college because of his skin color where I wouldn't have gotten in because I wasn't a minority. Yeah. So he actually got more advantages 
he had more privilege than I did uh, at that point of our lives. So I was like, to explain to me this again, because it doesn't work with me. You, you don't, it's, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, so I understand that there is probably, you know, like someone did explain it to me one time. They're like, oh, but you have inheritance that you might get. I, I'm not going to get an inheritance. I'm not, you know, I'm not. Yeah. It's like, I understand that there's some people that are, have money in their families, but that's been throughout the history of the world, you know? Yeah. Like there's always wealthy and there's always needy. Like there's always going to be that. Yeah. And those that are in the middle. So anyways, that's just kind of my thing. But they do. They use manipulation to silence any voice. Like, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on it because of my skin color. Well, that's absolutely racist. Yeah. <laughs> but but they, you can't tell them that yeah. because you're the racist. <laughs> it's like, it's just all confusion and chaos. And it's absolutely satanic. It's all dark magic. So Christian, be warned. You've heard us. Uh, should I read the verse out of Corinthians again as we close? Yeah, we... I got some more stuff. Oh yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah. Don't just tell me. You go. Okay. I don't... Rachel, do you have anything or to add? Jump in here right now or? Uh, no, I mean I brought up what I wanted to about like literally anywhere could there be satanic and occultic influences mm-hmm. from any background whatsoever? It does not matter the demographic. So just pointing out the origins and the core beliefs of BLM is not not racist whatsoever um like this should be done this should be every single you know organization should be vetted their core beliefs should be searched out by christians it's just like when you're going to a church and you want to go look at what their mission statement is you're looking to make sure that they believe in the trinity you're looking to make sure that they believe um (laughs) like the correct like doctrine and so when you're trying to ascribe to a certain organization's beliefs or trying to promote them, it should be very important to go back and see what their founders are saying and what their belief uh, system is and what their mission statement is. So, um, Well, perfect. That brought up something I didn't know if I was going to touch on. Lucky for you guys, I actually have the guiding principles on their website. From BLM? From BLM that <laughs> says they're like literally their mission statement. Sweet. So do you want me to run through those real quick? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Okay, diversity. With this, uh, so I'm going to say the thing, and then what they mean about it. Okay. So it has a little. This is uh, you know editorial. diversity, and, and then we are committed to acknowledging, respecting, and celebrating differences and commonalities. Restorative justice. We are committed to collectively, lovingly, and courageously working vigorously for freedom and justice for Black people, and by extension, all people. So you know they're going to say. They can't be racist. Yeah, they got to say all people. As we forge our path, we intentionally build and nurture our beloved community. Blah, blah, who cares? Unapologetically black. We are unapologetically black in our positioning. In affirming that Black Lives Matter, we need not qualify our position to love and desire freedom for justice. Blah, blah. Dude, could you, um, just for a second, can I interrupt? I'm sorry. Yes. Can you imagine if on the website for All Out War, we just put unapologetically white? Oh, we would. We yeah. would be our houses would be burned down. We would be doxxed. It would be it would be horrible. They would yeah. They would absolutely. Well, I mean, by technicality, I'm not I'm not fully white. If we're going by technical, but you're a woman and you don't get an opinion on this. <laughs> you're white. <laughs> well, I you're what we say you are, Rachel. I mean, ethnically, I'm not all white. Me either. That's what's so funny. Yo, I'm one percent African. 
Are you? I am. So. <laughs> me too. Dude, I actually, I'm more than that. Really? My dad did the 21 in me or whatever it is. 23. 23 in yeah. me. And uh, we have like this, uh, it's, uh, we thought it was American Indian. Yeah. And it's uh, actually Middle Eastern. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it, some other ones, but I am not all white comparatively. I mean, yeah. I won't go into no. my specifics. I'm very pale though. I'll say that. Yeah. But, uh, but I tan up nice. Wakanda forever. One percent African. Right. Black. I am black. Sweet. Dude. So here's another one. Can we get some of that money from BLM then? Yeah. Here's another one. Globalism. Oof. We see ourselves as a part of the global black family. We are aware of different ways we are impacted and privileged as black folk exist in different parts of the world. Uh, I'll just read a couple other things. I won't go into them. Black women, collective value, empathy, black villages. Loving engagement. What what's black villages? Is it just like communities? Oh. No, 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 no. You'll love this. <laughs> There's two things that Are they want to make a real Wakanda? I, we are committed to disrupting the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another. And especially quote our children to the degree that our mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Did you did you happen to catch something? Disrupting the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. So husband, wife, you yes, know, two dogs and a kid, or two kids and a dog. Yes. So picket fence. If you are a black man, this this is what they're this is what they're saying. If you are a black man, you are married to your black wife, and you stay married with them. They don't like that hmm. because you are falling into the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. So what is it then? They want to, well, I mean, this is the thing, because they, they don't care about black people and they want to make them bad. Like they don't care about that. They want to ruin their lives. You're being, yeah. they, they would say like you're enslaved to the like white man by. Because it was designed by white people? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Adhering yeah. to a patriarchal system? Yes. Right. It, it, exactly. That was the other thing I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> the, so The fanatic. <laughs> Black villages, they have transgender affirming and intergenerational. And then the other, so I was going to go with these two. What's intergenerational? Uh, We're committed to fostering an intergenerational communal free from ageism. But it's not, it's not like pedophilia stuff though. No, no, no. Okay. I mean, probably, but no. Okay. So here's the last one I'll point out. Black families, we are committed to making our spaces family friendly and, and and enable parents to fully participate with their children. So bring your kid to a riot. That We are committed to dismantling the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work, quote, double shifts that require them to mother in private even as they participate in justice work. Hmm. Doesn't say anything about the husband. So you, you see what I'm saying? Right. Where's, there's no dad. There is They're no, there is no there masculine. Is no they yeah. don't want that. Yeah. They, they want, because that's the white man is telling you to stay with your, why your don't, wife. Why aren't we holding these black men accountable for something? Because that's that would right. be patriarchal would be and patriarchal. white Im- imperialism. Yeah. All right. That was not the point I was originally going to think about. Yes. But this is the last one I wanted to say. It okay. was very interesting that um, actually someone that sent me a lot of the articles that we use today. Um, she also brought up this really interesting point in the fact that we talked about witches, we talked about witchcraft and how that works. We've also talked about Eastern religions and um, 
at least enough about the new age stuff and how that ties into that, which right. is, int- you know, in- which with with which <laughs> with witchcraft, new age goes. So these hashtags we also saw. There's this other thing I was reading about that witches are attacking cops using they're hexing cops right now, mm. which is for BLM. So much in the same way that um, there is power. If you think, again, this is not necessarily what we believe, but you have to know what they believe because they actually do believe it. Mm-hmm. So if you think of hashtags that these people are org- organizing on and they're using collective energy, mm-hmm. if you will, that they're all throwing at these hashtags, just these hashtags alone can be seen, I think, as a spiritual weapon yeah. to weaponize attention and... Like, this is what they think. It's like, say her name. It's like the same power behind that. Right. And the same thing I was going to say. It's a spell. Yes. Yeah. So I I think that using these hashtags and stuff. So if you go clicking on these hashtags, I think you are like, there's spiritual things that happen with it. And I think that some of these, so even just these hashtags itself, just the presence of these things is a, a form of a spell. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, you you line yourself up in agreement with with it. Well, yeah, um, sure, yeah. But I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking more of like a mantra, which is like when yeah. you say like say like her name, say her name, these chants like that. And um, so, just a real quick thing: a mantra in Hinduism and Buddhism is a sacred utterance, which is a sowel, a syllable, a word, or a verse that is considered to possess mystical or spiritual efficacy, which is, you know, some sort of power. So various mantras are even spoken aloud or merely sounded internally in one's thoughts, and they are repeated continuously for some time or just sounded once. Most mantras, <laughs> and I'll, I'll in much in the same way, most mantras are without any apparent verbal me- meaning, but they are thought to have profound underlying significance and are, in effect, distillations of spiritual wisdom. Hmm. So there's power. So we talked about the ohm, which means there is no meaning to it. So you're clearing your mind to reach an, an altered state of consciousness by s- saying meaningless things, and you turn off your brain. Mm-hmm. And there's a Bible verse about you know you don't. Uh, we, we're given our brains to reason and all this stuff. Right, right, yeah. And I just thought of this Matthew six seven, um, where it says, and when you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just this meaningless stuff that they're saying. But he, I, I would say he's like, that. that's how pagans pray. Right. It is. It's just this stuff. And just so. keep knocking on the door. Knocking these on things the door, that don't it. have any meaning. So I, I just think that the same way that they, they're just telling you, like, Hey, cracker, shut up and just say your name. Right. You know what I mean? Just say your name. Doesn't Submit. Well, submit. Like, just listen. Just keep saying it. You have to say it. You're with us. You know? Right. So there's power, I think, behind also the things just by saying, like, this is going to sound kind of new agey, but if you're, like, putting your energy and, like, saying, I'm with this, you're giving, you're having a spiritual connection when you're posting that picture and hashtagging it. Yeah. BLM. You're tying yourself in in a spiritual way. So I was just going to, that was a long way to say, you know, there, stay away. There's spiritual things, not even in going to a protest and saying this stuff, but by hashtagging. Right. And 
sharing stuff like this. Yeah. So that's my point. I'm cool. sorry. Thank you for letting me. No, that was awesome. I love that. That was really good. And I'm glad you read those things off their website. And that brought me to another point that I'm going to bring, <laughs> that I'm going to say. And then we'll, right, we'll close it down because yeah, it's done. been. But uh, Black Lives Matter money. Yes. So donations, funding, it goes to an organization called Act Blue. Yeah. So you can't even hide where you think it's going to go. Well, what do you think Act Blue does? Act Blue gives to... to uh, DNC. Yeah, the DNC. In Democratic, you know, any type of uh, fundraising for Democratic candidates. Yeah. So, and there is one called Win Red that is for the Republican side. Um, but when you think about the amount of donations that have come through, literally Black Lives Matter is a financing, <laughs> it is a financing group for, uh, for Democrats. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. That's right. So, but uh, anyways, um, we'll, we can dig into that later uh, in another episode. We've covered a lot of ground here. I hope that everything was good, that people understand where we come from and that they were enlightened a little bit. And, uh, and just remember um, that there's a spiritual side to everything. Yeah. Just always keep that in mind. Right, Rach? She's oh, wait, I have my mute. Uh, I'm muted for a second. I got to peace out in just a second. But yeah, I just wanted to say, go read um, Galatians. Uh, that one verse that I pulled up. Three. Galatians three. Five. Um, verse. Yeah. Galatians three twenty-eight. Three twenty-eight. You got it, Rose. There is no longer Jew. Or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. So that's something just to like put at the baseline. Um, but then also you, you really do need to test every single um, thing that comes in front of you. Um, I know it's hard to do when you get caught up in the emotion and the movement of, you know, hearing people's heart-wrenching stories, but you do really need to test um, everything against the word of God and then also just see what their core beliefs are. Um, before adhering to any kind of agenda so yeah that's great well said yeah well thanks rach we will catch you next time okay i know you got to go see ya see ya um so uh rosie man i think uh we covered we covered we we got a uh episode that could be pretty polarizing here but that's okay that's okay i don't mind yeah that's why i never show my face (laughs) you're screwed They, they can come after me whatever yeah that's all right. I was going to say, yeah. Let me just, no. I can just say that Kyle Rittenauer has, Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse has some, some Rittenauer was my fourth grade teacher's name. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How do I dug that out? But he has some training that I have some training. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> boys and girls, thank you for sticking with it. Yeah. It's been a good one. We'll catch you next time. Yeah. Oh, and instead of saying that, I'm going to say, remember, worship Jesus, not George. Amen. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) See you guys. See you.